welcome to another Halloween in July at the Advent Calendar House, sponsored by Slashmaster Brand Carving Knives, recommended by two out of two pumpkin heads currently inching toward me with murderous intent. Uh, it is appropriately a dark and stormy night here in the house, so if you hear thunder in the background, that's a real thing. Anyway, uh, this season we've been digging up old friends, and today's victim is the dearly departed father of claymation, Will Vinton. You may know and love his Christmas special, but today we're reanimating a creepier creation of his from 1991. So join us for the Claymation Comedy of Horrors. I am shrewd Carney with nearsighted ambitions of operating an unsafe amusement park ride in the middle of nowhere, Mike Westfall. And joining me is Reserve Horseman of the Apocalypse on whatever the horseman's equivalent of shore leave is. It's Chad Young. Hi, Chad. Tell me. Oh, wait, bro. I'm from the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, hello, Mike. <laughs> you brought it back really far. I was going to wait. I'm sorry. I can't. I, you know, I it's OK. Never... You know what? No, we can't. It's, it's become a, it's become a thing. Yes. Mark your bingo cards off. Dogs. Uh, also here. After following a crude map printed on his own tongue, please welcome back <laughs> Sammy Hayne. Hey, Sammy. Only two for the introduction tonight. <laughs> well, I believe I can find you something cozy. Do oh, mind the icy patch. <laughs> <laughs> thank you both for being here. It's nice to continue digging into the not-so-popular Halloween specials. Yeah, this is always fun. I love doing this. I will admit this particular special is relatively new to me, especially yeah. as someone who's watched a lot of Will Vinton claymation stuff. But first, let me hear your history with this particular special, if you have any. And we will start with Chad. There is no I'm not going to lie. There is no history that I have with this. I don't <laughs> remember this. I, I don't even really want to say that I probably watched it because I don't. There's nothing about this and 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 full disclosure i watched the version that had commercials and i'm sitting there watching and i'm like i don't remember any of this no well chad do you know when it first aired uh 91 yeah i was like in it wasn't even like i had to look this up may may, may. yeah which doesn't make sense why would you do this in may i'm wondering if that's why it flew under the radar <sighs> it has to like because this well, we'll get into it, but this does not feel like a May special, obviously. No. So Claymation Comedy of Horrors debuted on CBS on May 29th, 1991. And some of y'all might be thinking, oh, weird. Memorial Day weekend. No, it was a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird place to dump a Halloween special. And in those commercials, you can see there's like McDonald, Ronald telling kids to get out and play in the sun. And yeah. that's, that's very <laughs> May. Yes. Sammy, did you watch this as a kid? No, uh, not as a kid. My history with it is I used to work at a used book and entertainment store. And I grew up on the uh, the Christmas special, of course. And then. Right. The the DVD that has all three Christmas special or holiday specials came through and I was like, oh, I don't even know if I know where my VHS is. This is great. And what? Halloween? 
Easter. <laughs> how, does, how do I not even know this exists? So I got it from work and I brought it home and I, I left it there because I have to save holidays for the actual <laughs> seasonal time. Sure. And I put it on and yeah, I'd like to say it brought back a rush of memories, but nothing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sammy, can I ask you a question? Do you remember mm-hmm. a couple of years ago you sent me a VHS tape with um, uh, Witch's Night Out? And sure. like, I actually, I think that I actually referenced this when we did the episode. You did. Sammy, what year was that? Do you remember what year that tape is from? Oh, I mean, I could Google it, but <laughs> I, I, I figured like that would be kind of a silly question. But I want to, I, I want to, I, I'm watching this and I'm like, there's no way that any of us pro- were watching this at that time. Like, like you said, it's on a Wednesday. It's it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense why it would be aired in, you know, May, unless like it was a contract thing, because all of Will Vinton's Hollow or Hall- Halloween holiday specials were all aired on CBS. So yep. I wonder if it was like a contract thing or I, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe or it was up for an Emmy for Best <gasps> Animated Program. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Lost to the Simpsons. Lost to the Simpsons, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I wonder if they were trying to get something in right at the, uh, because the, the Emmy season ends right at the end of May. Mm-hmm. So that could be it. Uh, it did win um, lead animator Teresa Drilling won an Emmy for Outstanding Individual Achievement in mm-hmm. animation for this. It's actually the first winner of that now annual award. Mm. Mm. But I loved Will Vinton's claymation with a capital C growing up. I think my dad really enjoyed them as well. Mm -hmm. I have a faint memory of him telling me about the claymation Christmas special airing one night in 1987 with the California raisins and the Mm. dinosaurs from (laughs) dinosaur, a thing I had already seen before the Christmas special. So I was excited. I watched his full-length claymation movie, The Adventures of Mark Twain, a lot. No. Still still in therapy no. for that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that has some that has quite some creepy moments in and of itself. And I think I taped it off the Disney Channel. Well, if you had um rented it, the VHSs for it had warnings on it, not for children. Oh, I uh... Because hmm. he very much saw himself as an adult animator with mature uh, subject matter. Oh, yeah. But but then it, when people were producing uh, animated thing about Mark Twain, it got marketed to kids. Kids freaked out about it and they had to put a warning label on it. Oh, dear. Well, this feels like a very adult oriented special. And mm-hmm. we'll get into some of the details as we go. And if you want to watch this for yourself, Claymation Comedy of Horrors was not hard to find when I searched for it. Uh, there's at least one mm-hmm. upload I found with commercials, and it sounds like all of us watched that upload. <laughs> yep, I watched that one and the, and the DVD, which it does have uh, cool special features. There are like production stills where you see the animators oh, uh, doing okay. the sets and oh, wow. the huge elaborate castle and everything. It's worth it for that. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. But let's begin. We open on a dark and stormy Halloween night a long time ago, as the caption tells us, at the castle of Victor Frankenswine, doctor of mad science. He's got a degree framed and hanging on the wall of his lab. 
He's proud. Right next to a brain that's just sitting on a shelf. No jar. I'm pretty sure you get one handed to you when you get your degree in mad <laughs> <Yeah>. science. <laughs> you would think you put it in a jar, though. That's what? how you know he's a mad scientist. <laughs> yes. Doesn't even have the decency to put his brains in jars like a normal doctor. Improperly stored brains. Right. Mm-hmm. Ah! <laughs> Dr. Frankenswine is voiced by Todd Tolsis, who mm-hmm. was also the voice of the California Raisins manager, Rudy Bagaman, a talking mm-hmm. rutabaga, had his own little rubber figure and everything. He did. Those are some of the rarer uh, California Raisin figures, too. Yeah, I bet. But Todd Tolsis was also in Disney's Halloween Town. He was one of the heads mm-hmm. on the two-headed bus ticket collector. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. He's the right head. I looked. Todd mm-hmm. Tulsis helpfully has a YouTube account, which he uses as a resume of sorts with clips of himself. So thank you, Todd. So just because often these claymation voice actors, you'll see they'll have like nothing else but claymation. Oh, yeah. He had his own little insular family. But You're right. And it's all Will Vinton's family and buddies, mm-hmm. which great. This cold open, unfortunately, is the only time we see Dr. Frankenswine. But right away, I love the animation of his crazy eyes rolling around in his glasses. He was so good at giving you a character. Even if he hadn't said any words in this, you would know everything you needed to know about Frankenswine. Just (laughs) the expressions, the movement. But we fade forward to another Halloween a short time ago where we meet our heroes, so to speak. First, we have Wilshire Pig. We lug everything out to the middle of this godforsaken forest and you get cold feet? Hey, hey this is going to be a Halloween to live in infamy. Uh. Voiced by Michelle Mariana. And if you watched the aforementioned Adventures of Mark Twain, she was the voice of Becky Thatcher in that. And if you watched Sesame Street in the 90s, you may remember her voice as Cecile, a round orange singing ball of clay that Will Vinton also animated. I do not remember that. I think, uh, yeah, big, big old lady singing lips. Kind <laughs> of, pretty, but it was, okay. yeah, it was, it was just an orange ball of clay. Yeah. Okay. Wilshire is here with another pig named Vince. I just don't see what's the top secret about our carnival ride. Voiced by Tim Connor. That's the voice of Herb from Claymation Christmas. Mm-hmm. Very happy to talk about Herb again. I miss Herb. Not Herb from Burger King. No, not Herb <laughs> from Burger King. Oh. Herb. <laughs> Vince is only in there very briefly, though. Also, here is Wilshire's employee slash assistant, Sheldon Snail. Oh, no. I don't want anything to do with any monsters. Voiced by Brian Cummings. That's a name I know. Uh, I, so where do you know him from? I know him best from the Wuzzles. He was the voice of Bumble Lion. Mm, okay. He's probably best known as Dr. Mindbender from G.I. Joe. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Do you know him from something else, Chad? No, I was gonna. I was hoping that you would bring up uh, Doctor. Ma- I think he had done some other commercials or oh yeah, some other stuff. Brian Cummings also had a very quick scene in Disney's Beauty and the Beast as the stove, the talking stove. Sure, and he's also the voice of Monsters Inc. Sully whenever Disney doesn't feel like paying for John Goodman. Sure. These three characters are out in the middle of some forest. This godforsaken forest, as Wilshire calls it. 
building some kind of amusement ride. Because uh, amusement ride isn't for amusement. It's for making money. It's for making mm-hmm. money. Look, pea brain. The point of amusement rides is not amusement. The point of amusement rides is making money. Hey, oh. So if you don't, uh, so there's a lot of loaded uh, stuff in that w- one co- comment. Would you like to hear a little where our friend uh, Wilshire came from? Oh, do tell. Yes. This comes, we can trace this right back to the California Raisins. Okay. Where, so this huge, put Will Vinton on the map, on oh, yeah. all the talk shows, video games, t-shirts, uh, specials. But do you uh, know who owned the California Raisins? Me. The, oh, you wish. Parties. <laughs> the I wish. Californ- yeah. But the California Raisin Growers. Yeah, right. It was, it was a PSA. Yeah. Yes. And so he neglected to put into the contract any ownership of the characters or licensing because who thought something for raisins was going to be the biggest deal ever. Yeah, really. And so he did all, all this work for years without seeing any money on the merchandising, no real control of it. And for a creative guy like that, it really irked at him. And so what he kept on saying, is he wanted his own Mickey Mouse. He okay. wanted to be Walt Disney. This was his thing. And who we have here is his answer to um, to Mickey Mouse. Wilshire Pig is Will Vinton's Mickey Mouse. He produced wearable uh pig snouts which were going to be his version of the mickey ears wow. he d- designed out an entire theme park around him called claymation station oh my goodness that was going to have the amusement park rides and everything and what you see he's wilshire pig will vinton ah. this was his alter ego and he was making a, like a comment on him himself like he was this creative hippie uh, guy back in the day now trying to make this really commercial success so he made this money obsessed greedy alternate version of himself and <laughs> wow. that's how he was gonna g- compete with Walt Disney that's amazing right <laughs> the <laughs> And I'm not like, I'm not sure I could see, you know, children everywhere wearing pig uh, masks from this guy who keeps on trying to ruin holidays. Oh, sure. (laughs) It's a fun alternate timeline to think about, though. (laughs) (laughs) And Sally Claymation Station never got off the ground. Oh, well. (laughs) But this amusement ride Wilshire's building is specifically for Halloween because there's a large jack-o'-lantern cut in the center of it. So I guess that's what Wilshire does. He runs a cheap amusement park or something. It's like the amusement park in uh, the new kids, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe this was for Claymation Station. No, maybe. And that's, you know, and that's what was kind of like the the loaded bit of it. It was like, all right, no, we're just making money now. And he's (laughs) (laughs) making fun of himself. Just one last little bit about that. So we talked before, he had this team family that he created with. This was one of the few times he said it was like pulling teeth to get them to animate this <laughs> because they're all creative. They like to do fun new things. And like, we're copying talking animals to try and copy the success of someone else. <laughs> so like their hearts just weren't in it. And I think that kind of, you know, Christmas is a triumph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People who aren't uh, holiday obsessed like us know, know about it. And this is 
a wonderful creative achievement, but it's not on that level. And I think, you know, if the creator's hearts weren't in it, that's what we're looking at. Yeah, it really feels like all of this got buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- th- this feels, this just feels like the early 90s because, oh yeah. And at the time, this is also a period when CBS was really extra weird with their children's programming. <laughs> and this is yeah. actually... Uh, well yeah this is post peewee's playhouse but right i mean cbs was kind of more of the weird programming yep you know abc and nbc were more of like the mainstream stuff and on cbs it was just kind of the isle of misfit cartoons and shows and this is a perfect example you know so uh what am i thinking of galaxy high school muppet babies I think Muppet Babies has a commercial coming up in the in the video I watched, but uh, yeah. Gar- Garfield and Friends definitely mm-hmm. falls under that. Was mm-hmm. not Garfield with some pirate ghosts, though. No, nope. not mm-hmm. this time. Give me candy. Because it's May. But <laughs> Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> That's a nice throwback. There you go. So this particular ride that they're working on is something of a breakthrough in the the point of amusement rides is making money sense that we talked about earlier, because once they started up for a test run, we see this entire ride contraption is a rocket ship that launches a rider upside down and bangs repeatedly on an <laughs> anvil. It's <laughs> like so abusive. <laughs> and, and that causes loose change to fall out of the rider's pocket into a coin counting machine. That's it. That's the ride. Was Vince on his way to do his laundry? Why did he have so much oh, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Didn't have any credit cards. I mean, yeah. but back then you could get a lot more in like fast food places mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, just pennies on the dollar. Yeah, that's true. You know, you could go to Hardee's and, oh, Hardee's. That's for and, lunch. And uh, get a nice Slimer Sunday or, you know, cinnamon raisin biscuit for, you know, not that much. You could know. Nope. Go and pay some change and you're good. Maybe he wanted, maybe he was on his way to Hardy's, which would have made uh, a perfect tie-in had they been thinking properly. Uh, Stupid. Well, this does look like it was sponsored by McDonald's based on the commercials we're going to see later. If every holiday special in the world was sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> also true. They got the lame end of the McDonald's commercials, though. Oh, they got, yeah, yeah, they got the yawn worthy ones that no one, rem- although can I, I do, you know what? I have to take back what I said earlier. I do remember seeing the commercials for those ice cream floats. Oh yeah. And just the Coke floats. Amazed. Oh, that was, mm-hmm. they were perfect looking too. Oh gosh. The little fizziness that you can see. All yep. the little bubbles. Oh, oh yeah. Delicious. Give me some. Yeah. But that's it. That's the ride, or at least it would be if Wilshire didn't crank it up to its maximum speed and literally launch Vince and his mini rocket <laughs> into the sky. Why is there always the high speed dial? <laughs> Maybe don't put that option in there. The ludicrous speed dial. Ludicrous speed, yes. <laughs> Before that, I was thinking, you know, this would be a fun thing to have at the bank to count the coins in your coin jar. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. Vince gets sent careening into the atmosphere. So now I'm not so sure. You know what? Side note, this would have been perfect for him to, if he had one of those like coin organizers that was always in the Lillian Verner catalogs. <laughs> uh, if he had one of those. I had one. You ha- Of course you did. I feel like we've brought that up before, actually. I don't think that's my first reference. Probably. 
but it's a testament to his design. Like, yes, if they had like a little like desktop size one of this, we would all have it on our desk right now playing with it while we're talking. Like, we sure it, yes. it's gorgeous. Like the duck drinking water. <laughs> and then I was not expecting this. Wilshire's got a walkie talkie and tries to talk to Vince. Yo, Vince, come in, Vince. Vince. But he's out of range and we hear nothing. So Wilshire sort of defeatedly mutters. Damn. Was not expecting that from a cartoon in 1991. <laughs> but you know what? It, this was primetime Simpsons. Primetime. It was primetime Simpsons. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not like Fish Police or Capital Critters were going to say that. It, Will Vinton creations, when you're when you're looking so uh, demented already, you can kind of get away with saying damn in 1991. I but guess it so. It's still kind of weird. I mean, yeah. Ninja Turtles said damn. I was about to say, I think Raphael Mm -hmm. opened the floodgates. (laughs) When when I saw that first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and its opening credits and Mm -hmm. Raphael loses one of his eyes and shouts, damn, Damn. every kid lost (laughs) it. Yup. We were all Raphael at that moment. (laughs) I I said to my mom, he can't say that. That's a bad word. (laughs) A whole theater of kids were just like, oh, yeah. I was in the target audience and we all knew what they did. It was heavy kids, but that's it. Throw away line. Just so Will Vinton and friends could say they got away with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Sheldon, the snail for one is so worried about where Vince is. He accidentally falls into the impact crater. The rocket ride created when it sent Vince into orbit. Side note. Go ahead. Does um, our friend Sheldon remind either of you of someone? I mean, uh, many annoying <laughs> sidekick characters. Uh, 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 uh. You mm-hmm. you were close, Mike. Does he remind you of anyone? I'm not thinking Sammy of anybody on the top of my head. Like I'm, the first thing I'm thinking of is Silas the snail from Pinwheel, but that's not I who you're thinking of. Say, ooh, nice throwback. Um, yeah. I was going to say that is spot on. Oh, I feel oh, like I know where you're going. Yep, he kind of reminds me of the Noid. He is uh, the Noid, who was designed by yep. Will Vinton. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I, oh, my goodness. I wonder if because looking at him, I couldn't see anything else but the Noid. And like part of me was like thinking, geez, you know, did they just kind of take some old, you know, model of the Noid and kind of play with it? You know, because, you know, sometimes companies will do that, you know, and like just kind of paint them gray. I don't think Clay stuck around that many years after, but I think, you know, he has such a distinctive style that you're definitely going to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just get, get rid of the Noid's nose and give him like mm-hmm. a little snail face or whatever and a shell. And oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Why didn't they get Domino's to sponsor this? What? <laughs> Noid visits a ha- uh, the haunted castle. Oh, oh that would have been. Oh, my them. goodness. Blank check right there. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Absolutely. Was this after the lawsuit? Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> we won't talk about that lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Oof. P.U. So Sheldon's now in this impact crater. And while he's down there, he spots something shiny and it's some sort of jewel on a gold chain. And he curiously puts it on and finds the chain is attached to a large book labeled Frankenswine, which he picks up 
and he appears to become possessed for a second because his eyes go wacky, and then he shoves the book in his mouth. Sure. <sighs> yeah. That's just Will Vinton going, you know what? Let's just get weird. Doesn't need to make mm. sense. Sure. You know what this all part reminds me of when I'm running a D&D game? <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to get people on the adventure and they're just ignoring every story yeah. hook or they want to mess with the barmaid or whatever and i just like drop an evil wizard in the middle and say okay all of you you're chosen you have to go do this don't do this that all right let's go <laughs> that was that kind of start to this adventure you happen upon <laughs> a large book shove it in your mouth yeah so by the way guys i i have another breaking news uh side note that i must get to oh so In 1988, a Saturday morning cartoon series called The Noids was planned by CBS that would have featured The Noid, but the series was scrapped amid complaints that it would merely be an advertisement ploy and not a show for children. I'm sorry. I had to kind of point that out because, again, Mm -hmm. CBS and another Will Vinton. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's it's well, that's. The channel, the raisins eventually got their show on. Mm-hmm. It's okay if it's raisins. It's not okay if it's pizza. No, and and raisins are more nutritious than pizza right, for some right. reason. And I I don't <laughs> know how to you know argue that with science, but I I'm almost certain it's not true. But they're fruit. Yeah, they're, uh, uh, well, um, but also also what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Um, the voice of the Noid, Pons Mar. Oh yeah, who was. He was Sorod in Masters of the Universe. That's, that's it. That's it. Uh, I'm just like, wait a minute. Yep. We talked about him. We have. I'm sorry. This is this has been yet another classic Chad side note story uh, theater. Thank you for joining us. All good. All good. Applause. <laughs> oh, he was a performer in Dinosaurs too on the, uh, yep. on the on the Henson Dinosaurs. That's where I last talked about Ponsmar. And he was a Wheeler. Yeah, and he was a Wheeler. That's right. I say Will Vinton's making a lot of these decisions, but he's the producer. The director and co-writer of this was Barry Bruce. Mm. And a lot of what we attribute to Will Vinton's style, we could probably also co-attribute to the late grade Barry Bruce. Absolutely. He he had such a unique vision that it's almost kind of like the the Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas kind of connection. Yes. You know, I think would be a very fair analogy in comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on here. Well, he was, as I say, as he tried to like copy uh, Walt Dis- Disney, he very mm-hmm. much tried to put forth this idea that it was him doing every little bit of clay him mm-hmm. doing the voiceover to the point he ha- originally had a partner named Bob Gardner that he, mm-hmm. they did their first short. Uh, f- film with closed Mondays, right. got an Oscar and everything. Oh, yeah. And who was so upset about being forgotten to hi- history, eventually send- was sending Will death threats and oh, didn't have a good ending. So. Wow. It's like Ralph Bakshi, it, it has, it, the spirit of Ralph Bakshi took over all these assholes and just started <laughs> saying, no, 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 why don't you do it this way? <laughs> So whatever is going on here with Sheldon, the book that's now in his mouth transforms into a TV that announces he's found the lost diary of Dr. Victor Frankenswine. (laughs) That announcer voice is also Todd Tulsa's. Well, friend, this is your lucky day because you found the lost diary of Victor Frankenswine. Yes, let's take a closer look at this exciting opportunity. Lights, please. 
So the talking diary then transforms into a projector screen and says, lights, please. And to Wilshire's surprise, the sky goes dark. <laughs> yep. Ugh. So it's the Necronomicon. Yeah. Yep. Kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> and we're treated to the following film strip. The time, Halloween night, many years ago. In his secret lab, Victor Frankenstein assembled his most colossal creation, a monster to rival the gods. Summons at the door. It's those pesky peasants. You can't be too careful with your valuable possessions. Watch out, Victor! The end of a great hug. Aww. And right before Dr. Frankenswine is struck by lightning at the top of his castle, we see a slide of him tying his secret diary to a balloon and <laughs> sending it floating out the window, never to be seen again until now. To get buried 10 feet under. <laughs> right. By the way, I'm sorry. If he's anything like the things that I would write in my journals or diaries as a, <laughs> as a young man, the last thing I would want is for to just put it on a balloon and just let it kind of <laughs> wander itself into someone else's hands. Yeah, right. Right. I blew up my live journal for a reason. Uh, <laughs> same. The, there is no, there is no uh -oh. proof I was on live but as the diary further explains, all of Frankenswine's treasured possessions are still in the secret lab in his castle, the location of which is now marked on a map that's been imprinted on Sheldon's abnormally long tongue. How do you know this, diary? You're buried in a hole. Stop it, diary. <laughs> you don't know what's going on over there. No. He was a very smart scientist. Yep. No, he was not, because like I said, he put his diary out there for everyone else to read. Yeah, well. How smart do you have to be? <laughs> it's old universal. He knew his time was up, but among the treasures waiting to be claimed by that night at midnight are an Instamatic camera, his or her scooters, a tote bag, or the grand prize, the fabulous all-powerful monster. Yeah. Mm. And that is music to Wilshire's greedy ears. He wants <laughs> that monster. But Sheldon wants nothing to do with any monster, so he won't let Wilshire see the map in his tongue until Wilshire convinces him he doesn't want the monster. He wants the uh, tote bag. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. This is where Wilshire goes from. OK, you can have a protagonist with foibles. He's really greedy. Yeah. He's gone right into world domination now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a monster to destroy all my enemies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Come on, kids. Yeah. This is how vengeance works. That's mm. right. He also sweet talks Sheldon by telling him just for discovering that dire in the map, Wilshire's going to make him employee of the month. Sure. <laughs> There's not a lot of competition there, so, you know. Yeah, I think now that Vince has got launched into space, Sheldon might be his only employee. <laughs> a strategy to be used by managers to this day. There it is. Yep. Pizza party. <laughs> So Sheldon unfurls his tongue and we cut to Frankenswine's castle. That was fast. Mm. Oh, remember, he said offer expires at midnight. That's right. Yeah. Isn't this lucky? He happened mm. to find it. Yeah, really? <laughs> yep. This is like the cowboy we're thinking. Like, hurry it up. <laughs> As Wiltshire follows the map, holding Sheldon's tongue and basically dragging the snail behind him. Ugh. They reach the front door of the castle and Wilshire turns and tells Sheldon, if they run in the trouble, we'll just tell them they're trick-or-treating. Sure. 
And before he can even open the door, it creaks open, and behind Wilshire creeps a large, round, dragonish monster as we cut to commercial. <gasps> what is it? I die? I got a spot of slop on my die here, This is your backyard. This is your car. These are your neighbors. If this is appealing, then this is your drink. Coke floats at McDonald's made with delicious low-fat frozen yogurt. Buy a Coke float and this is your glass. And this is your charity. Because your McDonald's will give 40 cents to Ronald McDonald Children's Charities, dedicated to helping kids. So this is the deal. This is the place. This is the end. Hey there, podcast listeners. I am David. And I'm Kate. And together we host a podcast that you might be interested in if you like The Legend of Zelda. There are lots of awesome podcasts out there and a lot of awesome Zelda podcasts (laughs) out there. That's right, Kate. And we are another one of them. In fact, that is the name of our show, Another Zelda Podcast. And in our show in particular, we talk about some of our favorite dungeons, characters, boss battles. We do a couple top ten lists here and there. We have some deep dive episodes and we even pepper in a couple quiz episodes. We talk about our own experiences, we do some review episodes, talk about our challenges, our struggles, and our victories. That's right. If it has to do with The Legend of Zelda, we talk about it. You can check out our episodes on our website, anotherzeldapodcast.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a lot of the other podcast services that are out there. And you can also check out our episodes on our website, anotherzeldapodcast.com. All right, we will see you there. Okay, bye! Now back to our show. Well, we come back from the break to find the big three-eyed monster who answered the door is friendly. She's just there to answer the door. She's our hostess, our ghost hostess. Ghostess. (laughs) Sometimes three eyes, sometimes two, sometimes one. Yeah, like it, they shift, which is a really cool effect. I love this monster. Yes. Like, <laughs> like straight out like a monster lab a kids kit from 1990 so it's what bat wings lobster claw right. octopus tentacle eyebrows a pearl necklace she's a masters of the universe character <laughs> yeah, kind of a mannequin arm right and she is voiced by krisha fairchild <laughs> about the dead holes, but this way we don't have to worry about more holes around or anything. Who is the only other actor here besides Brian Cummings who even has a Wikipedia entry. <sighs> yeah, I looked her up and I was like, mm, she didn't sound familiar, but I guess she's kind of done a lot more like video game and like kind of voice roles and some stuff on sci-fi. Yeah, I don't think I've seen her in anything. The only other place I may have seen her is in a couple of episodes of Northern Exposure that she was in. Yeah, and that was not a show that like I was watching, so I I, okay. I totally would have missed her. Yeah, but it says she's best known from a 2015 film called Krisha, written and directed by her nephew. So it was a big hit at South by Southwest that year. Mm. Okay. But this creature gleefully welcomes Wilshire and Sheldon apologizing for the deadbolt on the door. <laughs> That's the only way to keep mortals from poking around. Plot point. Yep. yep. So 
that's going to come up again. This castle is hosting the Halloween Gathering of the Spirits, a convention for monsters and the undead, a sort of mad monster party. No, wait, that's already taken. So our hostess doesn't recognize these two, looks through her unclaimed name tags and decides Wilshire must be Dr. Jekyll. And he introduces Sheldon as Mr. Hyde, of course. You know how they're separate people in separate bodies. (laughs) And no monsters would know this, even though they (laughs) we see later that they're familiar with him. Hey, yeah, (laughs) it's fine. At first, like he was like inside Sheldon's shell, and I thought they were gonna leave him as this amalgam snail pig thing to pass as a monster. That might have worked better. That kind of sure. could have been a cute gag, but yeah. yeah. Well, or maybe they were setting up a sequel. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so Wilshire politely asks this hostess if there's a laboratory around here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, here it comes. Who knew how this joke was going to end as soon as he said it? Coming down the highway. She points him in the direction of the lavatory. (laughs) Lavatory. I hate homonyms. That's the bathroom for anyone who's never been to a public school or an airplane. Literally the only two places where I've heard that word. So... I didn't even know that that was a real thing until like maybe I was a teenager. So I maybe uh, I don't I I can't expect. I don't know. Maybe it's just based. Didn't you play Clue? No, 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 no. Laboratory. Oh, it's lavatory. Yeah. 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 And and like, that's where I learned it from. Clue, one of the rooms. Oh, I didn't know that that was a term until much, much later. So. I learned it in school, and then much later I learned it was like lav is the French word for washing your hands. Ugh, but we're not French. No. <laughs> maybe it's Latin-based. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Okay, I'll accept that. Yeah. But I like the writing on the bathroom stalls in here. The only <laughs> one I could actually make out said, what a rip with R.I.P. capitalized. Oh, I have a few of those. Do you want to hear some of the other ones? Oh, could yes. you make them out? I couldn't. Uh, so I put my DVD on the big screen. Oh, you have the DVD. And I got like, <laughs> I couldn't make out all of it, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, one of the main ones was a cute little joke. It kept on seeing, saying Jekyll was here. Hyde was here with the previous one crossed out. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Right. Oh. Sorry that they'd been there before. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um. Another favorite one, werewolves do it on the paper. Oh, <laughs> oh wait a that's, that's no, a little blue, right? There, there is no way any kid would ever get that. Right. Uh, well, like I said, like I thought you could even read it back then. Uh, Dracula sucks was one. <laughs> um, there, there was the start of a limerick. There once was a ghoul from Dakota, I think it is, which once again, I don't. I, I, I'm being honest. I literally don't know where that's going. So you'll have to kind of fill me in. Well, all limericks start. <laughs> oh, okay. Go, go to a certain. And uh, this, I wanted to put So here I sit, brokenhearted, flip two bits, and then departed. Ah. <laughs> and then there's an arrow pointing to it with what I'm pretty sure says you can't say that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Will Vinton, like I said, he didn't see himself as making stuff for kids. And right. he, he got started in college. Him and his friends would literally just get high and make like pornographic claymation oh, dear. <laughs> sitting around a table. So that's his kind of a sense of humor. So I'm, I have no confirmation of this, but I just feel like here he is trying to make this very commercial creation and him slipping in some of his own literal toilet humor oh, yeah. <laughs> in the background where no one else is going to see it. Yep. <laughs> So this kind of adds more weight to my thought that this was they were trying to get a little bit more edgy because of the Simpsons. This is more sure. like a John uh, John K kind of idea that you kind of have to hide these in the background. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'm glad you saw those, Sammy. That's a yeah. Good thank you. That's I like that. Probably no one ever saw. It. Just imagine the fun that they they have doing something like this. Oh, absolutely. On one scene. Sure. (laughs) Well, at this point, Sheldon's hiding inside his shell. And I love a good the inside of a snail Mm -hmm. shell is actually a cozy studio apartment gag. (laughs) Save the snails. Sure. (laughs) Right. And he's got a ceiling (laughs) lamp in there, poster in the wall. They're in a bathroom, so Wilshire plunges Sheldon out of there. And as they leave the lavatory, they're greeted by a vampire. Who's working mm-hmm. as a Mater D, also voiced by Todd Tulsis. Just the two of you this evening. Ah, I believe we have just the table for you. Who kindly takes them to a table next to a skeleton in a Fed's hat who's fallen asleep, but wakes up with a start when he hears Wiltshire tell Sheldon to relax. No one even knows we're alive. Alive? Did you say alive? What? The skeleton happily introduces himself as Famine, you know, of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And he shows his business card, one of yeah. my favorite gags. So over five billion not, not served. Because he's Famine. <sighs> Comedy. <laughs> the address reads 666 St. John Street, oh. Limbo. Is that Illinois? Limbo's in Illinois? I didn't know if it was Illinois or like ILC or I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) The rest of the address is obvious. St. John Street Mm -hmm. after the author of Revelation, which mentioned the four horsemen. I don't know what the IL is after limbo besides let's make it look like a real business. Mm. Illinois. This is Brian Cummings doing the voice of famine as well. Mm -hmm. Who reassures Wilshire, you don't have to worry. I'm on sabbatical. But if any of these other guys find out you're alive, they'd rip your skull off. <laughs> Just as the other three horsemen arrive at the table, towering over them, looking like three ghosts of Christmas yet to come, until one toots a noisemaker and they all start laughing. <laughs> so it was war, pestilence, and denture stains. Denture stains, sure. <laughs> And that prompts Wilshire to politely peace out of there. Oh, look at the time. So they're out in the hallway now, and Sheldon wants to get out of there. He says, look, I'll buy you a tote bag. (laughs) It's not the same. No. (sighs) Yeah, at this point, Wilshire tells him no one gets the best of Wilshire pig alive or undead. So for those who are listening and have not watched this, this is the exact point where the special really just starts to get insane and oh, just yeah. nonsensical. If that sound, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense to anybody, but this is kind of where it's just like, Oh my gosh, 
this is where it all just kind of turns and nothing really makes any sense. It's you now we're in a chase scene. Now we're in a no. oh, it's a haunted castle and we're going to go in a bunch of rooms and see a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. I mean, sometimes Will just wants to show his design. Yeah. If, if there's not a story behind it. That's all this is now. Yes. Yeah, this is just, hey, look at all these characters that yep. I probably produced for other things that got rejected. Oh, could be. <laughs> so next they find a sign pointing to a science demo. And where there's a science demo, there's probably a laboratory. So they follow it to some other room where they're greeted by a blob with a name tag that says blob. <laughs> He's cute. Uh-huh. It's a blue blob with a bow tie, and they animate him with drips going down the side of his head. It looks so great. Like, I have no idea how they even did it. Like, I would love to see a (laughs) making of on that. (laughs) The blob is voiced by Brian Cummings as well, and he says, Dr. Jekyll. Uh, right, that's me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were beginning to worry. Everybody's working. What? And here's where we realize we're backstage behind a curtain where Dr. Jekyll is scheduled to give the science demo. So now my question is, what happened to the real Dr. Jekyll? He never <laughs> shows up. <laughs> this is the story. This This doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense anymore. No, I, just, I don't think anybody cares either. No. I mean, they're dead, I guess. <laughs> Their memory isn't. Like, well, then they should show up here. <laughs> I'm Ooh. getting deader and I'm getting deader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now Wilshire has to fake his way through this demonstration as he notices the audience. It's just a dark sea of glowing red eyes staring at him. He just picks a beaker of liquid, pours it into another glass jar, and poof, he manifests some angry, glowing skull cloud that explodes in his face. And then the audience chants, chug it, chug it. (laughs) The blob making the drinking motion. (laughs) But he's not going to chug it. He makes Sheldon roll on stage, pours it down into a shell, and out pops a cute purple singing teddy bear. The stuff of nightmares. The (laughs) The audience audience hates hates it. it. (laughs) Yes. Was this a take on the Care Bears? Probably. Just, Uh, uh, what would a monster really hate to see? Oh, something cute and adorable. Yeah. So, Wilshire stomps the zinging bear back into Sheldon's shell, pours another liquid in there, and it explodes into the same singing bear, now on top of a happy little carousel with unicorns and smiley faces. <laughs> he got better. He <laughs> got better. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> Did he really? Well, <laughs> he came well back. <laughs> nothing got better about this, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's where the audience realizes they've been had. So instead of rushing the stage, a hook yoinks them off stage, and Wilshire <sighs> and Sheldon get kicked into a dark dungeon, which oh turns gosh. out to be the end of a bowling lane. Sure. Isn't this castle crazy? Yeah. Yeah, at this point, why not? No potions to be served under to anyone under 99 years. Yeah. I don't like drinking wine on weeknights, but this was very tempting to <laughs> go into the fridge and maybe like pour myself a glass because I was like, who needs a drink? 
this is just not going to end well. <laughs> but think of this, Chad. Look at this part and imagine how wonderful it would have been if they had gone to Will Vinton for those Mad Balls specials that we got. Oh, we got dust brain there, wolf breath. And <sighs> well, no, now I'm just upset. And we and and he could have done my pet monster too. Yes, or garbage kids. Like I love those old Mad Ball things, but you could just see the texture and grossness yes. that he could have given just with these uh, two little like living bowling balls that he gives us. Yeah, Absolutely. we're in a, we're in a bowling alley. There's a sign that says "Damnation Alley," but we don't spend too much time here. But we see there's a mummy using his head as a bowling mm-hmm. ball. Looks a lot like a Mad Ball now that you mention it, Sammy. That's now I'm upset. Dust brain. That was his name. <laughs> it's a cute little scene before they slink their way out of there and up another set of stairs and into what appears to be the main convention hall. And the first thing they see here is a jack-o'-lantern selling a slash master knife by carving <laughs> another jack-o'-lantern face into another pumpkin. A slash master makes jack-o'-lanterns a snap. See how easy? Stay sharp for centuries. And mom, those Halloween desserts? No problem. Always nice to have a spare. I love this part. I, I love how this is just like the monsters horror con, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, and obviously, like for the time they're doing a takeoff on the infomercials and all that. Oh, yeah. but, like right now, right now, we're seeing all the like the trade shows are coming out where Home Depot and all of them are showing out their new decorations for this. Oh, coming yeah. Year. And I'm just thinking how great someone's 12 foot skeleton would look great with this slash master. <laughs> giant jack-o'-lanterns is lo- looming over someone's house. Like, <laughs> Well, the second thing they see are the skeletal remains of Wilshire's dead grandmother calling his name. Wilshire pig. Granny. <laughs> well, I'll be. What a surprise. Hey, I thought you was dead. Well, of course I'm dead. What do you think? This is a Halloween mask, huh? <laughs> Wearing a pink apron and granny glasses, also voiced by Michelle Mariana. Very grandma Arbuckle. Yeah, yeah, very grandma Arbuckle. Well, a little, a little more old-fashioned than Grandma Arbuckle. She's well, wearing like okay, an apron yeah, okay. and things. <laughs> yeah. But I do love the look of this skeleton grandma. That would make a really cool action figure. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Sheldon's meeting her for the first time, so he shakes her hand only for it to break off in his and his attempt to reattach it only breaks off more of the arm bones. So that's fun. And it doesn't take long for Granny to realize, hey, Wilshire's not dead. And she immediately rats out her own grandson by screaming, mortals, 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 (laughs) like a siren. Well, I probably uh, pretty much deserved it because they were talking about like, oh, I'm sorry about, uh, about that terrible rest home I put you in and not giving you mm-hmm. a funeral. And- right. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> so every other weird looking ghoul in the convention hall starts slowly approaching them oh. until Wilshire points his fingers like a gun at his grandmother's skull and threatens nobody move or the old lady buys it. What? Buys what? I don't know. The farm. But for a few <laughs> seconds, it works. These dead idiots all pause with concerned looks on their faces like this pig might actually shoot his already dead grandmother. <laughs> sure. That was a good yeah. joke. Well, maybe she made bad cookies. Yeah. But then they kind of look at each other and realize, oh, yeah, and continue inching toward them. So Wilshire just tosses the pile of his grandmother's bones at the mob, and he and Sheldon make a run for it. And it's now a chase scene through <laughs> the saying. castle. 
Mm-hmm. Can we just take a second to appreciate the design on all these monsters chasing after them? Oh, yeah, they're mm-hmm. so great. Like, none of these were throwaways. Nope. I love the skeleton with the nervous system. It's just yes. brain and nerves running through them. The clown cop skeleton. Yeah, it's this or- weird two-headed skeleton clown. That's one head has the clown makeup. The other head has like a keystone cop helmet and they're on some sort of scooter. It's great. Yeah. Tentacle eye monster gargoyle. Uh, an executioner who's a tank. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was like it's this big, large hooded executioner and it's got blue skin. Reminded me of King Hippo as seen in Captain N, the Game Master, uh, except a little <laughs> army tank instead of legs. That's true. Like, I like never take one thing away from this guy's design powers. Like. No, absolutely not. Uh, we have this same round dragon-like hostess with the shifting eyes from earlier, as well as a grim reaper-looking skeleton in a red robe instead of the mm-hmm. black one I'm used to saying. He seems to be the leader. There's a mummy back there. Two little tiny girl skeletons, each with a single blue eyeball and a green dress and red pippy long stocking pigtails. <laughs> Those were weird. Very. Did I mention Will did a lot of hallucinogens? <laughs> <laughs> Just like everybody think of the weirdest thing you can make, make it a monster and have them chase after Wiltshire and Sheldon. Right on who lose the angry mob and Wilshire finds what's now an ancient relic, but in 1991, not so much. It's a payphone. I'm out of payphone. Sure. No. But he doesn't try to call anyone. Instead, he just checks to see if it's got any loose change left in the side to steal. What he finds instead is the same sort of glowing charm like Sheldon found earlier that was attached to the diary. But he doesn't get a good look at it before the floor they're standing on opens up underneath them, leaving them hanging from the phone cord. And that's where the monster mob finds them as we fade into another commercial. And shortly after we return, the floor closes again, sending Wilshire and Sheldon falling into a dark room that quickly lights up with electrical equipment. And as luck would have it, they've discovered Frankenswine's hidden lab. And Frankenswine's monster is here, but as we soon discover, it's super tiny. (laughs) Super tiny. Like something you would get out of a coin machine. (laughs) Yes, it's a great reveal. A bunch of test tubes start filling up, and then we get a close-up of this monster lying dormant on a table, followed by what at first looks like a giant pencil eraser prodding it, And then we see Wilshire and Sheldon's giant faces looking on Mm -hmm. and we realize, oh, the monster's teeny. (sighs) What is this? What is this crap? (laughs) (laughs) It's lying under a vessel of glowing blue liquid. And as one drop of it falls onto the monster, it wakes up and it shouts in an equally tiny, cheerful voice. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Hey, he's kind of cute. And Wilshire is not happy. (laughs) It's precious. (laughs) He was promised a monster. This thing is tiny and cute. Until another drop falls on him and it gets a little bigger and a little meaner. Mm -hmm. And now we see what's up. We started with a mogwai and we got it wet. Uh, Uh, (laughs) 
That's why he had to do it before midnight. That's that's it. Didn't even think of that part. But whatever this blue elixir is, it makes the monster grow. But just then, my monster grow. (laughs) But just then, a door to the lab swings open, startling Wilshire, who accidentally knocks his new pet monster off the table and down a drain. (laughs) Don't you feel sorry for him there? He sounds so scared. Yeah. And in a desperate attempt to retrieve the monster, Wilshire places his entire snout over the drain cover <laughs> and makes this big, deep snort through his nose to try and get him out. Oh, uh, yeah, that <laughs> <My> stomach is <laughs> a little bit. That, that doesn't work, but valiant attempt. Mm. But now as the angry mob descends upon them again, Sheldon gives Wilshire the potion for him to dump down the drain to make my monster grow. Thank you. (laughs) But it doesn't work right away. So now the two are cornered and there's a guy with a chainsaw and it's supposed to look like some freaky version of a Jason Voorhees hockey mask, but it's the guy's entire head. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the... um that Monster Mash cartoon that came out in like 97 where they did like the parodies or it would be yeah, like kind a of. parody of Jason. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine Charlie Brown of his head was shaped like a potato and he was wearing a Jason mask. <laughs> That's this guy. Yes. Revs his chainsaw, but has trouble with it before Sheldon unhelpfully asks, did you try the choke? Thanks, Sheldon. <sighs> Way to go. This guy's ready to saw him, but that's when the Frankenswine monster's head pops up from the drain, looking very silly and harmless at first, until Wilshire immediately pours some more potion mm-hmm. onto him, and now this monster grows as tall as the ceiling and is much angrier now, with Wilshire sitting on his shoulder, and this is enough to scare away all the other monsters and send them scattering. And now Wilshire continues to get greedy and pours more potion onto the monster until it grows to the size of the entire castle. This is like turning that crank up to high speed, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like we see his head crash through multiple floors and sending all the other monsters in the convention running for the hills as the sun starts to rise. Sheldon, meanwhile, is begging Wilshire to stop saying he's going to ruin it. But Wilshire doesn't care. He claims he's invincible now with his new pet monster. Doesn't actually call it my pet monster Mm, because those words were taken. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Will. Yeah, well, it's not Monzi. No. Very much not. But I want it to be. But as Wilshire continues to make the monster grow bigger and bigger by sprinkling more and more of this potion on it, he oddly starts singing, Climb Every Mountain from the Sound of Music. I'm invincible! I feel like I could climb every mountain, sage high and low. Badly. Terribly. Yeah. Well, but we do get uh, we do get a choir out of nowhere joining (laughs) to back them up. We even get some happy forest critters watching with smiles on their faces as Wilshire sings. This scene is goofy, but I kind of love it. It is and then wearing the castle is like a little like hat. Or yes. <laughs> the monster starts slowly marching forward, sending the happy forest critters mm-hmm. and Sheldon running for their lives to avoid being stepped on. A flock of grazing sheep aren't so observant nor lucky. They get squished. 
in that lovely claymation, I just got squished animation. The eyeballs and all. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And Sheldon's about to as well, but right at the end of the song, something goes buzzing past Wilshire and the monster. It's Vince the pig from the beginning, now flying that ride vehicle like a rocket ship, or I guess more accurately, like a biplane, like in King Kong. Mm -hmm. I like it. First, he crashes into Wilshire, and then the both of them fly right into the monster's nose, causing it to deflate like a bounce house. Guess it wasn't invincible. Ah! Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So the monster starts to deflate and sends Wilshire and Vince falling back to Earth, thereby also deflating Wilshire's dreams of world domination Mm. via giant monster. (laughs) Halloween is now over, and so are his evil dreams. But he tries one more thing to get the monster growing again. It's back to being tiny. He has Vince use a bicycle pump on it, but that's not helping too much. Is the monster dead? He's not doing anything. Yeah, I don't know. If he believes in himself. <laughs> Start clapping your hands. Clap your hands. <laughs> So Wilshire's very disgruntled now until Sheldon rejoins them with exciting news. He found the tote bag. Oh, good. Good times. You know, the thing Wilshire kept telling him that's what he actually wanted. It's a yellow (laughs) bag with le tote bag written on it. (laughs) We've all been there trying to get those limited edition swags. He's at Comic-Con. Yes. Wilshire angrily tosses it away, not realizing that inside the tote bag was another bottle of elixir. And as the credits roll, the bottle starts dripping its contents onto a nearby patch of soil, out of which pops the head of that cute teddy bear from before, which makes a scary roaring face as we fade out. (laughs) And see. And that is the end of our very silly Halloween tale. So you know what that was missing right there at the end? What? A perfect full circle joke. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll could have walked by and been like, oh, there's my potion. Oh. And that, that last minute, that and then you could change or whatever. That, Just, that would have been good. I mean, they tried for a jump scare at the end there, but I don't, I don't know. It didn't get me. Okay. But any final thoughts on the claymation comedy of horrors? <laughs> Chad, <laughs> um, I, again, I don't have any memory of watching this as a kid um, or, you know, until this afternoon, um, <laughs> but not the best way to go out. If you ask me, it's there's a lot of fun, inventive stuff, but it just kind of falls apart. It just kind of feels like like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It just yeah. didn't. It, there, there's something missing, and I, I, I think it's got to be probably the weakest one. Yeah, like I said, the the animators felt the same way, and I think that's that missing mm-hmm. thing. Like the Christmas special, it was them at their best. Like they were being experimental, oh, yeah. trying new things. It, it, like it's amazing to uh, to watch to this a day whereas this mm-hmm. is pretty much by the book yeah. goofy adventure perfectly serviceable yeah but you know what i would have done what? <laughs> more of my little fan fiction here wilshire pig didn't work no objectively especially mm-hmm. for what he wanted to do what if we had done this special 
but we bring back old urban rats. Yes. Mm, That's what okay. I want. Full on Abbott and Costello. Right. They could be at Ooh. it. Like Herb could be coming up uh, going, oh no, monsters. And Rex could be, now I've told you there's no such thing as monsters. And <laughs> Seriously, Rex. Would have been delightful. Oh, it really <laughs> uh, that's that's what we should have gotten. Tie it all together. Yeah. It's certainly well titled as this leans more toward comedy than it does mm-hmm. horror, but it's it's got elements of that classic horror that are only really noticeable yeah. when I'm looking for them. Taken straight from a Vincent Price movie. The yeah. Title. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and while this doesn't really have as much Halloween spirit as I was hoping for, it's it was still mm. a fun watch. Yeah. Put it on while you're doing spooky stuff. It's just fun to absorb. 22 minute Halloween decoration. Yep. Exactly. Uh, but thank you both for taking this perilous journey with me tonight. Perilous is the word. <laughs> <laughs> and if people want to send you flying head first into an anvil to shake the loose change out of your pockets, where can they find you on the Internet? Sammy. As they often do. Uh, <laughs> find me at Sammy Hain on Twitter at anytime day or night. Hashtag Easter Sammy for my special Easter coverage. And also Sammy Hain at Instagram. So I need to do more stuff over there now. <laughs> and Chad. Uh, HorrorMovieBarbecue.com, which is uh, I'm celebrating 10 years of Horror Movie Barbecue. Uh, yes. This, yeah. this summer. It's going to be fun. I got a few few ideas on my sleeve uh, as of this recording. Uh, Facebook page, um, obviously Twitter. I'm most active at and uh, Instagram. And uh, yeah, I've got a podcast every once in a while, maybe like once or twice a year that drops. I don't know. <laughs> it's a fun surprise every time. It is. And of course, you can find those links in the show notes of this episode or at adventcalendar.house. That's where you can find wherever I'm hanging out on social media. Thanks for spending another Halloween in July with me. It's back to Christmas in July in a couple of days. I'll talk to you all then. But for now, for Chad Young and Sammy Hain, from a forgotten bowling alley where I'm playing with my detachable and perfectly round head that looks like a mad ball. This is Mike Westfall saying, beware of the icy patch. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a degree framed and hanging on the wall of his lab right next to a brain that's just shitting on. Nope. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Mike. Why? Why? That's how we're doing. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. Day two, because here comes Hunky Brewster. Oh boy, I stay right here, not moving, sitting still, keeping eye on TV. 